Hello, I am Daniele Stampatori, a researcher at the Florence School of Regulation. Today we are at Enlit Conference and I have the pleasure to interview Luciana. Luciana is a researcher on energy markets at Energyville Vito. Today we will talk about why flexibility markets are so important for our decarbonized power system. Hello Luciana and thank you for being here with me. Hello, Daniele. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting. So, uh, coming directly to my first question, uh, why, in your opinion, are flexibility markets so important in a scenario of a decarbonized power system? Uh, so, uh, I would start talking about the energy transition, right? Because if you think right now it's a real need to transition and the plans unveiled so far to reach it, for example, the European Green Deal aims at reducing uh, the net greenhouse uh, gas emissions. So substantial targets were set. For example, we have to reduce by 55% the emissions by 2030. And the energy sector, sector is the largest emitting sector. So uh, its decarbonization is expected to contribute largely to this reduction of uh, emissions. Uh, and it's really important to, to decarbonize the sector to reach those targets. Uh, on top of these long-term plans being consistently discussed and develop, uh, developed, we have now the energy crisis uh, with the invasion of, from Russia to Ukraine. So we have seen now that this dependency of Europe in fossil fuels is very harmful, not only for the environment, but also for the, for the economic uh, aspect. So we have a very uh, big increase in our prices of electricity and gas and also in our bills. So if you uh, put together this uh, uh, environmental aspects and these economic aspects, uh, we need really to, to try to find any kind of in initiative to try to, uh, to deal with uh, those problems. And here is where flexibility and its markets, it's important. So if first we can talk about the flexibility. So if you think, if you want to increase the share of renewables in order to uh, not use uh, fossil forward power generators, we need to increase the amount of flexibility available in the systems. And this has been done through many technologies and strategies. So we can have, we now have smart heating cooling systems. We have electric vehicle, which even have bi-directional capacity. We have heat pumps, we have software, software is able to optimize the use of energy. Uh, so we have many different technologies uh, available here, there, and which are able to provide this flexibility. So the flexibility is there in multiple uh, voltage levels of the grid. You have flexibility in the industry uh, from generators, big loads in, in high voltage, but we also have this flexibility connected in uh, uh, small consumers uh, side. So, okay, and now let's focus on the market. So the, sh the challenge here is then to put this flexibility available when and where we need it. Uh, so me as a consumer, for example, I don't know when it's best to charge my car uh, from a system perspective. Uh, I would take my decision based on my own needs, but uh, uh, maybe uh, a system operator needs it differently. Uh, so that's why, uh, where the market enters. So it's a, a way to make the flexibility available to the stakeholders who need it. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's mainly the market. Uh, it's important uh, to, to be able to put this flexibility together where the system needs. And uh, with that, we can then cope with the, uh, with the environmental targets and also with the, with the energy crisis we are facing. 
Okay, thank you for this very insightful overview on um, flexibility markets. But uh, continuing to speak about that, one of the most challenging aspects on the flexibility markets are the computational costs associated with these new kind of markets. So what are the main requirements in terms, in terms of new algorithms and forecasting skills as enablers of flexibility markets, in particular for uh, real-time services? Okay, so we talked about flexibility, and if you think making this flexibility available when and where needed through the flexibility market is a complicated task. So we have now more actors, more stakeholders in the process. Uh, there are ent entities who need the flexibility, for example, the system operators I mentioned before, but also other parties as energy providers, aggregators, energy communities, virtual plot power plants who might need the flexibility. There are consumers, there are prosumers who can provide the flexibility from different voltage levels as residential, commercial, industrial. And there are also the market operators who can organize the markets and the processes needed to make the, the market work. Uh, so we also have many different services the flexibility can provide. It can be used for balancing the systems. It can, it can be used uh, to solve problems in the grid, like an overloaded line. It can be used to minimize the electricity costs for consumers and uh, the, uh, the electricity need uh, the consumers have to buy from the grid. And we also have a third factor, which is all the constraints the system have and the flexibility providers have. We have the line, lines limits, the voltage limits from the system perspective. We have technical economical restrictions from the flexibility providers. And we also have uncertainty about the provision, especially when you talk about renewables. So coordinating all those actors, all their different needs and all their different constraints is a big challenge. So I think that's why new algorithms and forecasting skills are really important to enable flexibility. And they have to take into account those three factors I mentioned. So, of course, the requirements uh, for these solutions, it depend on the type of flexibility market you want to put in place. I will speak from the perspective of um, flexibility markets for system operators to procure system services, for example, congestion management and balancing. So, in my point of view, what's really important is first to have a platform able to put together all the needed information. So, get the needs from the system operators get the flexibility available, including all information on their technical economic constraints when providing the flexibility, and get the information about how this flexibility is able to solve the need. Um, for example, when you select one megawatt of flexibility from a, a certain provider, is it able to resolve the congestion that you're looking for just to resolve completely or pa partially by how much? Uh, a second important point is that the platform has to be easily accessible to all stakeholders involved. Uh, we have to think that liquidity is really important to have an effective market. So the flexibility providers have to have a good access at, uh, of it. The system operators procuring the flexibility also have to have a good access to, to this market platform. And the market operators as well, right? they have to have good access in order to be well connected through this platform. It has, of course, to be transparent to all actors involved, especially when we're talking about the procurement and settlement phases. Uh, it has to be smart, of course, so um, it has to include algorithms that optimize, optimally select the flexibility to solve their needs. Um, by, for example, uh, combining the impact of procuring one unit of flexibility in one line that is congestion. 
uh, and also taking account how will be the cost uh, and smartly select then uh, the solution. And it has to be able to provide the solution in a timely manner. So imagining that you're looking for resolving uh, a need in the near real time period. So it has to be able to, to, to do all the tasks uh, to, to reach this point in a, in a short time. In terms of forecasting skills, it's also has it's really really good important here, and the methods they they need to for the system operators they need to correctly estimate their needs for the flexibility service provider to estimate how much flexibility they can provide, and for market operators uh, to correctly baseline the flexibility providers. And this is especially important, especially interesting uh, about flexibility markets, because here you start from a baseline, uh, like a consumption base, and then the modification will come from that. So that's where the flexibility will be provided. So you have to have a good estimation of, of this baseline, and that's where, where uh, the uh, estimations and forecast skills enters. Okay, so as you already mentioned, several actors are involved in these uh, flexibility markets. And obviously, one of the most important is the system operator. So my question is, what are the main challenges for system operators is in these new kinds of markets? So I would say the first one, uh, it's the getting flexibility providers. Uh, so to make your market liquid enough, so you need to make the market popular uh, to all those uh, providers so they can know uh, the markets exist. They know they can get profitability from it uh, and they know they can then provide flexibility to the, the system operators. Another second challenge for them, in my opinion, is uh, to have information and uh, information and grid visibility. So they need to understand fully their needs, especially the distribution system operators. And distribution system operators, they are uh, now entering those markets and creating those markets. They're starting to see uh, uh, import, how it's important for them uh, in solving and operating their grids, but they don't have a like uh, models or the full topology of their networks. So this is also one challenge for them to, to really be able to estimate, uh, to see their grids and to estimate in the, the flexibility need they, they have. And the third challenge, I think, is to perceive the value of flexibility markets. Although the system operators are really interested in uh, flexibility markets and are researching more about uh, the flexibility markets, many times the cost of implementing a flexibility market, uh, it's high if compared to traditional solutions as grid reinforcement. Uh, so yeah, so to perceive and to calculate exactly the value of the flexibility market is also, also a challenge for them. So I would say these three are the main challenges they have. Okay, thank you. Well, speaking about value of flexibility markets, I suppose that these new kind of markets open opportunities also for new actor players. And indeed, what new business opportunities are emerging for market, market players that operate in demand-side flexibility? Yeah, so if you think now that we have distribution system operators coming into place and putting a flexibility market and looking uh, to have flexibility markets for their needs, uh, I think that's where uh, the opportunities are. So you can now have a 
flexibility service providers from the smaller con consumers and uh, commercial consumers, even residential consumers. So you have a big opportunity of business, especially in the, to aggregate and provide this flexibility to this uh, type of uh, system operators, especially in the low voltage grid. Uh, here we can think about a company collecting the flexibility from a fleet of electric vehicles that managing their charging times and offers flexibility in the markets according to the constraints of the owners of electric vehicles, uh, vehicles and also remunerate them uh, for the system provision. So I think, yeah, especially in the low voltage, you have big, very big opportunities uh, to create these new business models to provide this flexibility to these operators. Okay, such a very interesting insight on uh, flexibility. And I suppose that this could be a good point for conclude our conversation. So thank you, Luciana, for this uh, insightful conversation. And obviously, if you are interested in uh, having more information on OneNet, check out on the website. Thank you very much. <laughs>